your place, Carl? Yeah, what do you think? It's really, it's really awful. Do it to it, brother. Welcome to the Lutheran Stuff No Drama Podcast. My name is Pastor Hoffman, and with me is Zach Lesher. Say hello, Zach. Merry Christmas, everybody. That's right, you're not wrong. Today is the 11th day of Christmas, so we still have one more day of Christmas. Well, for you, it's the 12th day, because <laughs> it's, uh, it's later in Michigan. It's 9.44 p.m. here in Oregon, but it's like 12.44 out there, right? It's my last opportunity. I gotta take a stab. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you very much to our wonderful uh, followers of all things No Drama Bush League. Uh, we're sorry that, you know, right after Thanksgiving, my parish life just blew up, got really busy in a good way. But um, I sort of fell back from being able to do these episodes, and, and uh, I'm really glad to be back in the saddle. So if you'll remember from last time, we were just finishing up through verse 18 of Galatians in chapter 3, and if you're just joining us, we're using the outline provided by the Lutheran Study Bible, Um, but when we left off, it was really an important point to drive home that Christians have their hope through faith and not through their works of the law, and... For that to come into place, um, you know, it's really important, Paul is driving home, that we're not saved through our works of the law. And as we get into today in chapter 3, verse 19 through 4, verse 7, we're going to talk a little bit about the law in what it is for. And that's a good thing, too, because Paul wants to, he likes to contrast stuff. And so when he talks about the gospel, he'll want to talk about the law and it's just a good thing to keep us always on our toes. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, Paul is a master, obviously, by the Spirit, at balancing and dividing long gospel perfectly. And he does it again here. Um, so we'll just get on with this, and I'll read uh, 3.19 through 4.7, and then we'll, uh, we'll, start, we'll start dissecting it. <laughs> so... Um, Chapter 3, verse 19 begins, Why then the law? It was added because of transgressions, until the offspring should come to whom the promise had been made, and it was put in place through angels by an intermediary. Now, an intermediary implies more than one, but God is one. Is the law then contrary to the promises of God? Certainly not, for if a law had been given that could give life, then righteousness would indeed be by the law. But the scripture imprisoned everything under sin so that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. Now, before faith came, we were held captive under the law, imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. So then the law was our guardian until Christ came in order that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. For in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as you were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to promise. I mean, that heir, as long as he is a child, is no different from a slave, though he is the owner of everything, but he is under guardians and managers until the date but set by his father. In the same way, we also, when we were children, were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. 
And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into your, our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. Okay, so. Sweet. Sweet. And that's it for our show. Thank you. No. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. <laughs> I'm afraid we still got it. We, we got our shovels here, but Paul did did all the digging. Um, Butch League has to weigh in. Absolutely. We weigh in. We weigh in so you don't have to. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like this. I like how he talks about why then the law well was added because of transgressions. Um, to say that uh, sinners, it's not wrong to call out a sinner um for their sins i mean it's it's pretty basic but um if a sinner is there and they're committing transgressions that's what it does it says you know this is god's no <laughs> so um until the offspring should come to whom the promise had been made okay so then we start getting into we start looking at the the gospel again um so again, in righteousness, uh, we see that uh, that's coming and is put in place. You know, there's this says through the angels by an intermediary and by angels. Well, people will ask you, and and uh, they'll wonder if it's those angelic hosts or if it was also angelos, which means messengers. It was put through uh, messengers, people who would spread the gospel. Uh, by an intermediary. Now, an intermediary implies more than one, but God is one. So, um, we talked a little bit about this off the air, but um, the angels, uh, some people really want to get excited over angels and, and intermediaries and everything, but if you're focused on that and not on the promise being delivered for you, then you're, you've sort of lost track. You're, you're getting a you're getting uh, focused on the wrong thing. And as a bush leaguer, it's it's our duty to keep you on track. <laughs> well, and, and, and some of the problem, right, is is Americanized Western postmodern way of thinking wants to say angels, okay, flying wing creature, cherubim, cherub, seraphim, right? Yeah. But the word means messenger. Yeah. I mean, if a Jehovah Witness was just, able to understand greek properly right i mean so if we harmonize this with the uh, uh seven churches in revelation who the letters are addressed to the seven angels of the seven churches those would be the pastors of those churches who are going to read the message to the congregation absolutely you know and that's that it, it shouldn't even be disputed because the the messengers uh um, are those who do preach the law and the gospel, who administer the sacraments in that sense there. So certainly um, when we look at the scriptural witness, although it is clear that God has used angels in a very specific manner as in the heavenly beings, the heavenly hosts, um, in throughout most of scripture, what you see is him calling, you know, Elijah, Elisha, you know, Ezekiel, these people, uh, John the Baptizer, calling them into his service to preach the word. Absolutely. Um, let's see, I, I was going to make a remark going back to 19. Why then the law? It was added because of transgressions until the offspring should come to whom the promise had been made. So basically... Uh, Paul is using a curb here, right? Mm -hmm. Why Why then the law? To curb you from being evil until the promise came. <laughs> to stick your finger in the dam where it's leaking. Yeah, to slow you down on your wickedness. Um, I mean, it, when we read through like Judges, right? And then uh, we get into, you know, Joshua coming in and, and taking over Cana, right? And, and we progress through Kings. It's it's just a bloody mess, isn't it? They don't yes. follow any of the laws. No, that's that chaos is is the word. Um, 
Uh, and so we even see it, I mean, going all the way back to uh, Genesis 3. Um, and oh, through, and the, through the wilderness before they even get there, right? They, yeah. I mean, numbers, numbers of Deuteronomy, I mean, you, you just have this massive blessing and curse. It's like <laughs> you're, you're, you're a blessed people, but you're cursed because you're not going to do this. Mm-hmm. So we're definitely seeing that the law um, for the for the antinomian crowd um, it doesn't it doesn't save you, but it certainly points it out to say, hey, you know what? That's wrong. You shouldn't do that. Uh, you are doing that. You should be doing this. <laughs> so you know the whole curb mirror and guide kind of thing. So um, this isn't the time to jettison the law. No, the law is not binding on the Christian, no. and we'll get to that. It's it's it was in our readings, right? We'll yeah. get to that in a little bit, but um, it is it still serves a function to the Christian. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we we're not justified by the law, but we don't get rid of the law. No. I mean, why would I want to get rid of what what God tells me what's good and what's bad? No, you're you're absolutely right. It's like. I'm going to jettison something God gave us. That's, that that, that yeah, never yeah. plays that, right let me, with me. Let me uh, break my compass while I'm <laughs> lost on this mountain. And things will get better for me then. Yeah. Take my sexton and throw it overboard and navigate the globe. Oh, my goodness. GPS? Who, need, who needs GPS, right? <laughs> well, you know, and, and you know, when we jumped uh, into verse 21... I think this is really what saying that is. Is the law then contrary to the promises of God? Certainly not. So even Paul is, is saying, you know, well, we're going to talk about the law and, and we're going to say, is it contrary? Is it an enemy? You know, things like that. Um, for uh, if a law had been given that could give life, uh, then righteousness would indeed be by the law. So he's, he's telling us really what the law is. But the scripture imprisoned everything under sin so that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. So we see here, now this is why we don't like the law. It's not because it's bad. It's not because it's evil. It's because it points us and tells us who we are. We're, we're fallen and broken sinners. That's why we don't like the law. It's because it's so honest. <laughs> well, and and you you caught me. You caught me on two things. First, you, you've exposed that I'm a sinner. Mm -hmm. Yes, for everybody who didn't know, I am not perfect. I am a sinner. Mm -hmm. uh, that's that's what this text exposed. And then, folks, if they go back, I you know how some people don't think uh, Paul. It's nutty to me because if we go back to like Romans seven, right? Yeah. And he says, um, the commandment of coveting, right? He goes, the, the very law I thought was going to give me life, it killed me. Yeah. Right? And they said, was it the law? No, it was me. It was me. <laughs> He's saying the exact same thing here. It was to expose the sin. And then yeah. sin came alive and I died, right? Sure. It's, and then it's... the answer is, who will rescue me from this body of death? This is Jesus Christ, right? When he gets through... All of that. There's a lot left out there. Go back and, and see our episode on Romans 7 if you missed that. But Paul is saying the same thing here. Mm -hmm. Well, isn't that... It's like getting mad at your oncologist for telling you you have cancer. I mean, it's not the oncologist's fault. It's just... The, the oncologist is just pointing it out. Hey, you've got cancer. And so... Um, and Paul says the same thing. Is it the law? No, it's me. So if you want to play the blame game, uh, it, you have to look no farther than the mirror. <laughs> you can pass the buck to Adam if you want to, only if you're willing to trade places and be tempted by the devil yourself and you be the loser throughout history. Oh my goodness, no thanks. <laughs> nope. That I mean, I, the, the challenge is open to anybody out there who thinks that they could have withstood the devil. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of people say, I'll take that bet. And it just, they spiraled down into into the abyss. It's, you know, we call it depression right now, but, um, I mean, this, this 
once you go head to toe, I mean, sorry, toe to toe with the devil, he's just going to pull you into despair. You know why? He's got practice. He's going to beat you with experience. Yeah, he's good at that stuff. He's going to be an evil. Mm hmm. Um, so, and then so we see, but uh, we imprison everything under sin. So, um, so that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. So the, just as the law points out the horrific nature of sin, the answer once again is faith in Jesus Christ, that he is the one, unlike my old Adam, who takes on the devil and emerges, and I say emerges, he emerges from the grave victorious. And now, in verse 23 here, now before faith came, we were held captive under the law. I think what most people don't understand, kind of a mastermind of God. Okay, so we Lutherans are definitely hung up on law gospel, right? Sure. Well, the old covenant would be a total bummer to be a Lutheran in because it was like law, law. Yeah. It was like, do this and God will bless you. That's law. It's a do this, right? And then it's like, don't do this, and you're a curse. Yeah. But the big problem here is the people never said, hey, where's that Messiah dude you were talking about? Where's that guy who's going <laughs> to who's gonna crush the devil and, and be victorious, right? The, the Israelites say, no, we can do this. Yeah, God, we got this all day long, even though they can't speak to him, though, right? They're like, Moses, you speak to us. Don't let God speak to me. I mean, because when God speaks to them, he exposes their sin through the words of the law, and they're terrified. Yeah. But they're like, no, we got it. It's just, <laughs> it's like, what? Well, it's, uh, it's always the same game, uh, but that's just it. There's, uh, it's always the same game when you head up towards, uh, trying to trying to figure out well how can i be righteous well we know the answer but the question is wrong to say if you interpret it as what can i do to be righteous how can i become righteous well that's a work of the holy spirit and so there's definitely yeah so i like here it's a it, we're going to get into a really uh really happy happy sentence here but uh we talk about that these people are now uh, the promises given to these people to those who believe. So having this faith is backed again where he's he's setting it forth. Um, and you put it uh, now before faith came, uh, we were held captive under the law in prison till the coming of faith is revealed. Um, this is this is it. It's just just like you were saying, go and do this and you'll be a good person. Go and do this and you'll be a good person. It's almost like you want to die young because you're just saying, man, a whole life of this. It's insane. And, um, and Well, I, I don't want to leave that on a law note because if we look at Old Testament figures like, like David, yeah, we see, we see David doing everything, acting out, uh, minus his sins that, that, that we all carry. Let's, let's set that aside. But everything else David does is a Christological figure he does from faith yeah. And then you see David's high regard for the law because of his faith. Right. Well, there are plenty of typologies in the Old Testament. Um, so there's definitely not to say, and, and I hope I didn't imply that there was no gospel. <laughs> no, no, that Testament. wasn't you. It's, it's, I, I ended it there. I ended it on law, law, but I want to say, okay, God is still God. He still had his gospel in there. It's just the covenant was law, law, yeah. right? Where, where the New Testament, it's all, it's all grace. It's law, gospel, distinction. We're, we're under the, the blood of Christ, right? This is the covenant in his blood sure, for the forgiveness of sins. So, I mean, it, it's grace, but the, what the Old Testament people failed to do was say, I can't do this. That that was the whole purpose to show that how how depraved we are and why we need Christ to come. Well, that's absolutely um, right here in verse twenty four. So then the law was our guardian until Christ came, 
in order that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. For in Christ you are all sons of God through faith. For as many as you were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. So we also see here another means by which uh, Christ works is baptism, something we should never underemphasize um, to say that um, as many of you were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Well, in other words, uh, you are robed in Christ's righteousness. Um, the, the things that what God sees is the covering and meaning he sees Christ when he looks at you and uh and not not a not an image of christ but he sees christ so you're not wearing a jesus mask that you bought at the halloween store you're actually clothed in the actual christ and and you know what is important to understand especially i would say for many denominations today what they don't get is the treasure that we lutherans have from the the scriptures here and now um this this clothing and righteousness, this this means of grace, this act of God, you know, when they, when they look at the Old Testament, there was no forgiveness of sins apart from means. Yeah, you're right. I so mean... when 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 the other denominations speak now today of well, it's only in the blood of Jesus. Well, we don't object to that, but how <laughs> we get to the blood of Jesus is is where we we have a problem because. Right here, Paul says we get to the blood of Jesus by baptism. That's a means, right? Yeah. Um, and they would say, no, no, no. It's only by the blood of Jesus. Well, of course, but how do we get there? Baptism, yeah. right? They're like, no, no. It, it can't be baptism. That's my obedience, right? Yeah. That, you need more mysticism, sir. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, if we look at Leviticus, your sins were not atoned for unless you participated in the Day of Atonement and... And we're present with the sacrifice, right? This was the means in which, you know, the blood was spilled and your sins were forgiven, which point us to Jesus. So it just it, it just blows my mind when people say, well, it, it, this can't be a baptism text. Well, through means, show me somewhere where he has it. Well, it's funny, even, well, see, this is the... This is sort of the mental illness of the anti-sacramental people is the Bible is just going to come right out and say it. And I mean, it's not going to it's not going to be any more clear than um, the baptism, which is Romans six, three. You're going to find that this wasn't this wasn't some uh, this wasn't some. Uh, uh, what are we going to call it? A mystical thing. This was washing in the word of God and that, that same one that Christ had becomes yours in the water with the word of God and, um, and putting on Christ, you know, it's just, it's almost a, it's almost a mental illness that anytime Jesus says this is, they say, I don't believe you. So, there's always that. But, but who are they really not believing? Yeah, they're, well, they're just not believing Jesus. Yeah. Uh, guys, I will tell you out there, for all our listeners, I'll tell you what, what makes Pastor Hoffman such a great theologian. It's when he came to the scriptures and he says, I don't understand this. Uh, at some point in time, he he didn't say, okay, the text is wrong. He said, I must be wrong and then find the right way to understand this text. Yeah. You got to you got to you got to deal with God's word according to his word and not according to what my comfort zone is. Yeah, we don't get to define terms, right? No. It's like when you're bored and someone says, "Hey dude, you're a total sinner." You're like, "Huh?" <laughs> right, I mean, I just told that. Right, it's like, but, but I didn't do anything yet. They're like, yeah, that's the bummer part of the deal. <laughs> but yeah. the good part of the deal is Jesus. Well, absolutely, and that's another thing because the the old Adam that says I I don't want to be sinful and broken, and uh, you know, and I'm like, well, some people 
don't want to be born without a hand or something but they they don't they don't say well shake my hand and you're saying well there's no hand and you're like how dare you <laughs> so you know it's just it's reality and yeah, you're, we're, we're just kind of born into it right it's like here's the truth and that's the same way we we, we come to god's word is hey here's the truth i don't get to define it god gets to and what gets people so angry by the way You'll notice in this passage, what's going to get him angry is the um, unfiltered mercy of God in the sacrament of holy baptism because it is something that is so extra nos outside of us that God is working in this incredible way to say, look, here's this is for you from me and it's for you for your good for your forgiveness to make you an heir and so and people just get so mad at that and they're like it is not and it's just like your conversation you had before well how do we access them well through the blood of christ yeah but you're speaking like a greek philosopher speak to me like a, a person and, and how does christ speak to us like a philosopher no he speaks to us as God made flesh, saying, here, here is something real, not imaginary, for you. Talk to me like a bush leaguer there, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. We're going to probably have to pay him a royalty now. So... <laughs> uh, I, I think we can get on it. One, one Patrick. I guess that's two now. But I think we can get away with two. <laughs> We're going to be hearing from him from the lawyers of the Lutheran satire. So, <laughs> so they, now here, by the way, this next passage, and I want you to know it comes with a warning. There are two ways to read this, the right way and the wrong way. The right way is the one that continues on with the thought and the narrative that St. Paul is making here the other one is a modernistic social justice warrior garbage that robs us of grace, peace, and mercy. So let me read it here and find out which camp you're in so we can put you and make sure you're in the right camp. Well, I was going to say before you read it, we're total brothers, dude, because that's exactly what I thought when you said two thoughts. I said, I wonder if he's going to go social justice on this. <laughs> <laughs> well, here it is. Now, hold on. Uh, verse 28 there is neither jew nor greek there is neither slave nor free there is no male and female for you are all one in christ jesus um so verse 28 now when i was still in the elca this this was a thing to say you know when I, about women pastors for example and they've since it stretched it out into the lgbtq but um, is to say that, well, see, St. Paul says here that these things don't matter. And what what has happened here is you what you said to me was this statement radically changes from a statement about grace and mercy to a statement about social justice and the, the dilution of the created order and the dilution of the creation itself. So um, instead of it being this thing going, yeah, grace is amazing. doesn't matter if you're Jewish or Greek or a slave or free. And it doesn't matter if you're male or female. All of us, in reference to baptism, are one in Christ Jesus. So if this is a social justice statement, well, then just throw grace out the window and start working for your salvation again because he's going to say because if it's social justice you can say well then there may be salvation just for women or just for men or something it it's it complicates things in a way that says that saint paul just has some weird neuron fire he has a slight stroke or something and when this passage is written he totally diverts from his consistent for 27 verses and then all of a sudden he changes and just swerves and crashes into the bridge abutment yeah what he's teaching here is that 
we are all equal in Christ in terms of our standing before God. But being in the right-hand kingdom, which is in Christ, and having one foot in the left-hand kingdom, while we're still waiting for the resurrection here, we have different vocational headships, mm -hmm. right? And one is not above the either there either. They're just different vocations. Yeah. So yeah. The men are appointed to the office of the ministry. Women can feed a child. Both of those are extraordinary acts, right? Right. Uh, but, and they're on par with each other. They're, they're, they're great acts, but different vocationally. Right. So, so guys, don't don't try and buy one of those uh, fake, you know, uh, breastfeeding things. <laughs> it, it, it's weird, right? <laughs> Just you be a man. Let the woman do what God's given her to do, and then you go do man things because that's can, what you need to do. You can buy those in Portland, by the way. Um, so, um, in verse twenty-eight, what it's about is how does how does the righteousness of Christ how is it imputed? And the answer is equally. Okay? So men and women do not enjoy different levels of grace. They enjoy the same level. So, and I think it's actually in Paul's day, it was more important that he said neither Jew nor Helene, Gentile or Greek. Because that's really what's going to offend people. <laughs> and... I was just going to say, I was going to say, how much do you want to bet? How many Jews do you think were triggered by this text? <laughs> Back in Paul's day, how many Jews do you think were totally triggered by this? Excuse me? What did he just say? Even What? Even the slave or free Gentile? thing. Even the slave or free thing, they're going to let that one pass. <laughs> but, but you're saying, because we know it's true because Jesus dealt with these guys. Um, and our, what are you saying? We're, we're sons of Abraham. <laughs> yeah, we're sons of Abraham, man. It's just like, man, I can raise up sons of Abraham from these stones, bro. Don't tell me. <laughs> that that tell Samaritan me. woman, tell her to go away. <laughs> so anytime the, the Jews kind of dealt with somebody they thought was less than them, Jesus is like, <laughs> so, oh, Oh yeah, yeah. Piggybacking on that, it's uh, we're we were never slaves to anyone, right? The Pharisees <laughs> say as they're, as they're slaves to Rome. Yeah. Meanwhile, right <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> that's just that's just too much. I mean, so we can see that it doesn't matter. For two thousand years, people have been deluded as to what God says, and and um, because literally in twenty nine, which. If you and if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to promise. That's the final trigger for the Jew and Greek thing. So it's to say that in baptism, because it says, and we're we're doing this uh, uh, the antecedent here <laughs> in baptism into Christ. These um, it doesn't matter what your race or gender is or your social status. If you're in Christ, you are Abraham's offspring and heirs according to promise. And so all these promises made by God become yours. This is why we don't get weird over Israel and stuff like that. We 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 uh we say, you know what? God made that promise to me too. And so these Jews in Israel, they need Jesus. <laughs> well, and, and you know what? Since we brought up Israel and we did it in Romans nine it's, it's quick, if we touch base on who Israel is, because Israel's a who, not a what? place. Yeah. Right? So, Jacob, the, the son of Isaac, the son of Abraham, is later named Israel. Israel, Jacob, has the sons. These sons are the uh, offspring that are promised the promises of God in the Old Covenant. Yeah. Israel's the church. It's a people. Yeah. It's always been a people. Well, and even even Matthew says that these promises uh, to Israel are made true in Christ, and so again, we don't we don't say that because you live in this desert area, um, you're Israel. No, 
in baptism in your Israel. In baptism, well, Christ, who is Israel, we become part of that. So, the church. So, where you find yes, the word you... and the sacraments. There you go, buddy. The church is the remnant of Israel that's spoken of in the Old Testament. We are the remnant that yeah. God has saved for himself through Christ. I mean, I don't think most people may even know the, the split of Judah and Israel, how Judah stood out separately. And there was it was a small portion. But if you if you look at the Old Testament carefully, Judah is the lineage in which uh, uh, Jesus came through, mm -hmm. and they were always the, the faithful ones, and Israel was the unfaithful. It, it came down to one tribe, even. Yeah. Well, again, the Israel fell, and yeah, it was just crazy. So... It's a mess, Patrick. Let's <laughs> knock it off. We can't afford that. Okay. So, <laughs> so as we move into uh, chapter four, again, since we have to uh, throw out the social justice garbledy goop, um, verse one, I mean that the heir, as long as he is a child, is no different from a slave. Uh-oh. Though he is the owner of everything, but he is under guardians and managers until the date set by, uh, by his father. In the same way we... Okay, before we move on. Okay, that ruins verse 28 also for being a social justice warrior verse because he's going, Look, I mean that the heir, as long as he is a child, is no different from a slave. He, um, though he is the owner of everything... But he is under guardians and managers until the date set by his father. So in other words, here's the deal. The slave and the and the owner, they enjoy the same amount of grace. Does that mean we become socialists and we take all the money from the slave? No! He says even the slave is going to stay underneath the master until the the day of the lord is what we call it until the date set by his father so until christ returns there's going to be a lot of societal inequality that is only cured by the return of christ there's a song out there too that i recently purchased i won't name the band just because we don't know you know how this uh online naming of things works but um they, they say Jesus slaves, or, yeah, Jesus slaves in a song. And I'm thinking, dude, you're either a slave to God or a slave to sin. At least I understand and enjoy my slavery. Yeah. Right? You're, you're doing things out of bondage to the devil, and you don't even know it. Yeah. So while well, he's saying Jesus slave, I'm devil slave, devil slave. <laughs> <laughs> And they're calling Christians Jesus slaves, so it's a pejorative? Yeah, like you guys are slaves, but really, we're the free ones. We're the free ones. Yeah. He's a, he doesn't even know he's a slave still. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. It is kind of hard to, if, you're, if, you, if you understand the relationship that we have through the means of grace with Christ, it's really hard to hurl an insult at us that doesn't make us go, Okay. <laughs> hey, you guys are Jesus slaves. We're like, and? <laughs> yeah, we're just, that was dumb. So That was dumb. Yeah, like, that you you take got? that back. <laughs> I don't even. <laughs> and? God willing. Like, well, well, that was supposed to hurt you. Well, I got thicker skin than that. Yeah, well, it's like. Well, it's like hurling whipped cream at you, and you're going, mmm, I loves me some whipped cream. Yeah, so, you're just licking it off and enjoying yeah. yourself. Whatever, bro. I you know. got any more of that whipped cream? <laughs> this is supposed to be stinging. <laughs> um, so, it's good thing. It's a good thing um, uh, he points out in the same way, because I think this should bring us some hope to some of the doubters that live out there. In the same way... And I, and I encourage the, uh, the No Drama Lutherans to think about this next passage, verse 3, chapter 4. In, this, in the same way, we also, when we were children, were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, 
born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. So, you know what? He's saying, you know, back in the day, we were we were seriously uh, stressed about uh, being doers of the law. And, you know, when you find, you find people who, you know, they're not Christians, but they try really hard to be good citizens. And um, after a while, you know, it's just, it turns from, you know, just helping your neighbor into kind of the rabid social justice nightmare that we have to deal with now. Because pretty soon it's not enough to just, is did I do enough? Did I mow enough lawns? No, I, I think we need to make sure that the, uh, that the, the people that want to marry caterpillars have their day in court, you know, and whatever. Because you, you have to start inventing ways to be righteous. And so he's going to say, yeah, we were, we were, we were slaves to that too. <laughs> so, and so he's pointing out when you talk to people who don't really know Christ to say, you know, we, we all come from the same place. Uh, and, um, and we're, we're being called to, to be brought into this, to the new place. And that's with Jesus. So. Yeah, that's right. And, and when people say, you know, well, why did Jesus come at this time? This text tells us it was the fullness of time. Yep. That's why. That's what God chose and God knows best. So we don't, we, 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 we leave the um, rational thought where it needs to be under the scriptures, not over. And uh, we just, we, we just leave it there. Um, seven and a half years. That's when, right? Yeah. The, the perfect amount of time. God's perfect time. Um, I think that, that this time, and this is just personal opinion, this isn't dogma, the scriptures don't teach it, but I think this is the right time that everybody's going to believe who's ever going to believe, right? Well, you when you mention it, um, this fullness of time, once again, to prove that God is on his own schedule, rather than saying the time to send Jesus was at the height of Israel's power and fame. Nope, that's not what he does. At the right time was when Rome was in charge of everything and Israel was having a bad day. And um, and to say, well, you guys need to, you're, this is in, you know, God's timing and our timing don't always mix. So, and the fullness of time came when Israel's like going, really? <laughs> so, you know, because it says right here, um, adoption, by the way, uh, is the way to go. Uh, and because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his, of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God and uh, we know what the firstborn, Christ, who is the firstborn, and throughout all of the scriptures, the firstborn, what are they entitled to? The firstborn are our gods. Yeah. And they're entitled, and even on a farm, what are they entitled to? Pretty much everything. The, the inheritance, the, the, the promise, the inheritance. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean... Sorry, I'm hung up on the fullness because I, I was going off on a side trip. Go, oh wait, wait, this is a catechism question too. Uh, Lord's commandment: How does God answer prayer in His own time and in His own way? Right. Yep. Um, well, I so was thinking I, of that. I drifted <laughs> there uh, on that on that just to because uh, we I think we've been asked a few times, you know, why why did Jesus come at this time? Right. Yeah. Well, because God said so. It's just. It's, God's timing. It's the right time. And, and like you said, you know, Israel was having a bad day. It's just, it's not when you think. It's it's when God thinks. Well, and that's going to lead us over uh, when we finish up here into a very important question made in the No Drama group um, because it has to do with prayer and your mention of the catechism on that. Um, we're going we're gonna to address that. But here... Uh, the receiving of the Holy Spirit um, of 
his son, which is really kind of an interesting uh, word uh, group there. Where is it? Um, um, from, yeah, from the sun. Uh, and it's saying of the sun, but from the sun, which is an interesting thing because that was like the filioque. <laughs> but anyway, we won't get into the filioque right now, but... Um, you know, right here, it's even sent the spirit from his son <laughs> into our hearts, crying out of a father. So, um, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And so if a son, then an heir. So these people, and again, we have to go back into this to, to go back to the slaves. Yes, you are on equal footing with, uh, those masters and, you are now a slave who is now a son and who has an inheritance. So in the left-handed kingdom, you're a slave, but in the in the resurrection, you you become this equal and this son and this heir, and you receive all things. Man, you keep saying equal, but I, I have like two gut punches for the EO right here. With you said the filio, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and then being equal, I'm thinking, well, not if you have theosis and you can level up. Yeah, no, whether co-eternal or co-equal, I still subscribe to that. So I, I won't get into that for our listeners, but that's just uh, uh, some theological stuff for from. Uh, that EO hold to Eastern Orthodox is what we mean when we say EO, but uh, <laughs> we, we, we differ on procession of the spirit, and then they also hold to something called theosis, which which we don't hold to as Lutherans. No, uh, Lutherans and Catholics don't, but, uh, um, you know, certain Reformed people and Eastern Orthodox. <laughs> Isn't it odd how they, they like, you have those those completely they seem like totally completely different camps but yet theosis is like a thing with them yeah well it's like a level level up now now i'm 80 now i'm 90 well because it's not they both hold to i'm sorry to say this i'm not saying they're not christians but they hold to some very non-christian um um hermeneutical principles and so they think that uh if if you look at this philosophically, then you're going to be okay. But the the Western Church is going no, no, no. <laughs> so, that's not how it works. So you know they're over there trying to become like God, and we're over here going okie dokie. I'm I'm in baptism. I'm put. I've got Christ put on me. Woo-hoo! Yeah, let me duck. You know, it's like we're partakers of the divine, but like not the way that you think. Yeah. Um, I'll I'll take my baptism over your theosis any day. Yeah, maybe we should define theosis at this point for anyone listening. Well, um, theosis is is where they. Do you want to do it, or do you want me well, to do it? It's just uh, simply put, it's the uh, unbiblical belief that. You progress in righteousness to become more and more like Christ. And uh, it's, or like God, theosis, literally. And um, it's just, it's it's a race that you can never win because you start off uh, being chained to the ground. And when, and when Pastor Alvin was talking about reform, he's talking about progressive sanctification. It's an eerie similar doctrine. But what it denies is we just read in baptism, God marked me 100% holy, right? Yeah. So if I'm not 100% holy then and, and we say something like theosis comes in, well, now I'm, I'm 20% and I got to get up to 25%, then 30%, right, until, yeah. till, till I level up. But that, that's not the case. You, you guys are made 100% holy through through baptism, 100% holy through the Lord's Supper, 100% holy through confession and absolution and the preached word. Yeah. These things are what that make us 100% holy. It's not, not a fraction of, well, now this is 15% holiness. No, you're holy. You're, you're standing righteous before God. That's what justified means is to be declared righteous. Yeah. So we don't love... Yeah, can I be a better Can I be a better neighbor? Sure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but anything if you try to dance over into the right-hand kingdom, you're just wrong. 
And so that's just, that's, that's the, the thing on that. So, um, when we get into next time, now Paul's going to take a turn here and he's going to deal with some concerns with the Galatians. So we're going to take a turn next time. And, um, but if you don't mind, Zach, there's a couple of questions that, um, that some, some people had in the group and, and Zach posted a, a thing in the Lutheran Stuff No Drama Facebook group, uh, taking questions. And one of them, I have to say, and Ryan posted this one, why is prayer so difficult to do? Now... This is an interesting one because I believe your actual reasonings can vary, or at least the surface reasons. The The true reason is because we're sinful and we're enemies of God. But sometimes uh, you're going to say, well, you know what? I, I had such a crazy day, I didn't have time to prayer. Or when things were quiet, I didn't know what to say. Or I always feel like I don't pray right. And these kind of things... And there's all these kind of reasons, and what you what we've lost track of is you understand the Almighty, the Creator who spoke the universe into existence, says, "I always have time for you. I want you know when you even when the the uh, the disciple said, Lord, how you know teach us to pray, and he did, and and the prayer consists of confession and." It consists of uh, the crying to God's righteousness and calling Him Father. I mean, you see quite um, you see quite an amazing prayer there, and it's very personal, but it's also very theological, and it's it's a beautiful prayer. And you should read more about it in the small catechism and the large catechism. That will change your life. Yeah, and and the thing with prayers, let, let's let's change the perspective on this. If you can meet uh someone who you think is the greatest cool coolest person in the world someone that you really really look up to you know what would you say right now let's apply to this to the god of the universe who created all things and then like came down uh as man and died for our sins and sent the spirit you know to the glory of god the father and you get to talk to him you're invited you're invited to talk with God himself, not only is it a commandment, it's a, it's a commandment because uh, the same the same reason all the, uh, the, the Ten Commandments, all the laws of the Old Testament are, God gives the reason why, lest you fall away from me and go, go whoring after other gods. Now, that's the King James uh, rendition there, but um, it's, it's so we don't fall away, so that we stay in faith. It's, it's like the... Um, the apostles in the garden of, oh, I'm going to butcher the word because I always want to say like the National Park, Yosemite, Yosemite, in the garden <laughs> of Yosemite, right? And and they're falling asleep and they're getting weary and Jesus is keep nudging them. He's saying, just pray and stay awake. Why? So that Satan doesn't tempt you, right? Yeah. So we're invited to pray for not only what we need, but, you know, we, we're, we're praying for faith. We're praying for daily bread. Uh, like you said, the catechism, the Lord's Prayer, and then a catechism is an excellent resource on, on why. But why do we find it hard? We find it hard because the, 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 the battle of, of Satan's sinner within us uh, and the devil's temptation to, to hinder us from praying. Because prayers are powerful. God promises to hear you. So. Yeah. Your your case is at least going to be heard by the Almighty. So my recommendation is this. If it's hard to pray, I like um, my little book of prayer. It's an, older, it's an older prayer book, but in it you'll find a bunch of lists on different topics of different things, and they're, they're all written out. And it's pocket-sized, so you can keep it in your back pocket, and you can pull it out. And, you know, there is nothing wrong with written prayers versus prayers that you um, – made up, you know, from your own heart. Either way, Scripture teaches that the, the Holy Spirit intercedes for us because we don't even know how to do it right. So, uh, obviously, you know, we're going to have trouble if we, we, we don't even know how to do it right. But God has promised to hear us. He's promised to help us. 
And I would say, you know, get a prayer book like like my little book of prayer or praying the Psalms or, or something like that and, and uh, read the prayers, you know, and it'll help you grow in, in praying. And set aside maybe, okay, I'm going to pray five minutes every morning and five minutes every night, like Luther's morning and evening prayer. Yeah. Well, there's certainly... It is... It is... Um... It is a type of discipline, and um, you discipline yourself to remember. You know what? I I I should I should be taking this worry to the Lord, or I should be I should be thanking God because I had a day that was just had no drama. It was just a regular day, you know. Any of it. Yeah, and and that's it. The devil likes to creep in there. Right? tempt the flesh to not pray and old adam's like okay okay <laughs> we, won't, we, we won't pray today then right and that's and I, i'm saying this not to insult anyone i'm making fun of myself for my own experience okay yeah let's let's not do it that's that's what adam says to me and i'll tell you what I, i'm gonna be totally honest here some mornings i wake up and i am not a morning person okay i gotta go out that door and i gotta work right and this is a curse. This is the curse all the way back from Genesis. Six days by the sweat of my brow. And I will start into the Lord's Prayer, and Adam will so rudely interrupt me. Yeah. And then, then I will apologize to the Lord, and I will start over again. And sometimes this will happen three or four times before I can finish in a, in a decent manner. And that's the struggle. It's the struggle of flesh and spirit. And it's, it's even present, like I said, with me... Uh, in the morning, you know, and then at night I'm like, well, I got to hurry up and get to bed. I don't have time. So I got to pray fast, you know? Right. But if we stop and we really think about this, it's like, man, I have all the time in the world because like you said, you, you just said my anxieties and everything. I mean, I'm, my destination in the end is heaven anyways. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's nothing more important than, than uh, staying in this faith now to make sure you know, that that destination is reached and that I'm not falling away. So we want to pray so that we stay stay in the faith and it's hard because of the flesh and, and Satan still. Well, there's an old story. I don't know if you've ever heard it, but uh, Luther talking about prayer to somebody was saying, you know, well, he tells this guy, you know, because we get always interrupted in our prayer, he says, and he told him that he didn't. And Luther said, I bet you cannot finish the Lord's Prayer without being interrupted. And he says, and if you do, I'll give you a horse. And the guy says, fine. And he starts to pray. Then he pauses and he goes, is there a saddle on that? <laughs> <laughs> He's thinking about the horse. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that, that's it. That's in the morning, like I was saying, you know, an animal barge in, like, stop it. We have stuff to do. It's like this schizophrenic, you know, kind of duality of nature. I'm like, shut up. I'm talking to the Lord. Go back to sleep. You know, and you're, you're, you're trying to put him down. And Lord, I'm sorry. Let's pick up where we left off. And you drown, know, drowned him. Well. I tell you, sometimes it's just nutty. And it? it's just nutty. Absolutely. Well, you know what? I think uh, there were some other questions that we just don't have time to get into today. But... Um, I'm really glad to be back in the saddle, and hopefully um, we can try to record a few more episodes this week so that they can come out on a regular basis. And um, But it's good to be back, and, and God bless everybody this new 2019, another year of the grace of God in our lives in word and sacrament. You find that at your local congregation where the word is purely preached and the sacraments are rightly administered um so uh what do you think zach i think that uh i, I think we're beyond blessed i i agree i am happy to be back on 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 the podcast and and we thank you guys for being patient and and you guys are a great group. There, I mean, really, no drama is, is no drama. It's doing great. You guys are great. Great questions. Great answers from everybody. I th I see people building each other up. I, I mean, 
I have nothing to say, but let us bless the Lord, right? Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. Definitely. All right. Well, you know what? It was awesome to, to, to visit with you again today and to get the, uh, the uh, Bush League back into the order. And uh, until next time, this is Pastor Hoffman for that question and God bless you.